Information presented on this program and by its guests is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information and may not be suitable for members of the listening audience. A professional advisor, attorney, or tax professional should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Are you retired or getting close? Welcome to Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally, where it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedom you need to live your dream retirement. Are there challenges on the way? You bet. Inflation, the economy, and the ups and downs of today's markets will try to rob you of your dreams. But take heart and take notes, because what you're about to learn will put you on the winning side of life for the rest of your life. Now, here's the host of Retirement Lifestyles, Patrick McNally. Hello everybody, Patrick McNally here, your favorite financial advisor. I want to welcome you to the Retirement Lifestyle Show, where it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedom to live your dream retirement. Now, if you're already retired or you're getting close and you've been sacrificing, you've been putting money into those retirement accounts like your IRA or your 401k or maybe even a 403b at work, this is the show for you because I'm here to talk about your money. I'm here to specifically talk about generating an income in retirement, which is the most important thing that you got to plan for heading into retirement. But I'm also going to teach you about all six of the core areas of financial planning. I'm going to touch on insurance, budgeting, how to pick investments, retirement planning, saving on taxes, and even how to leave a legacy through estate planning. And I'm going to rotate these topics each and every month. And over time, you're going to learn how to build an amazing plan for your retirement. But again, the most important thing you're going to learn is how to create an income from your investments that is safe, predictable, and can even increase every year, no matter what that pesky stock market does. And what better kind of income is there, you guys? than tax-free income. That's right. I want to teach you about how to achieve tax freedom in retirement so that you don't have to worry about Uncle Sam not being able to pay his own bills just because we got all kinds of unfunded promises and he's changing the rules all the time about your retirement accounts, changing the, the ages and when you have to take money out. It's all about tax revenue, guys. They need taxes. And guess what? There's trillions of dollars in retirement accounts that has never been taxed. So learning how to control future taxation is key. You see, I'm the owner of Retirement Lifestyles Advisors, an independent registered investment advisory firm, and we specialize in retirement income strategies for people who are currently retired or are getting close. And for over 22 years now, I've helped people just like you plan for an amazing retirement. I've been talking about it on the radio for over 12 Here's the deal. This is what I have found doing this for this long. People worry in retirement. They worry about their income, healthcare, inflation, the stock market, and higher taxes. Does that sound familiar? Are you worried about any of those things? If so, I want you to hear this. It is normal. You are not alone. You're not on some desert island all by yourself. I hear about this all the time, but I want to say this, you can control it, or you might be able to even eliminate it altogether, and that's with a plan. So I'm going to help you build that plan and help guide you through this maze we call retirement planning. But you got to remember, it's not just a one-time thing. Nope. You got to update it. You got to review it. You got to make changes to it and keep it current so that it matches 
your goals. We are in the month of May 2023, and the topic of the month is retirement goals and values. Today on the show, I'm going to be going through thoughts on the meaning of money. And then I'll head right into my mailbag segment, which is always fun, and then head into my IRA FAQs. And then finally, I'll wrap up the show with some action items that you can implement right away. Also, want to mention my website, patrickmcnally.com. If you'd like a free copy of my book or to even schedule a free 30-minute strategy call with me personally, I want you to go uh, after the show or during the breaks. I want you to visit patrickmcnally.com and you can do that. All right, you guys, let's get this show going. Are you ready? Time to go refill your coffee, get your pen and notepad out, and I'll be back in one minute. Don't touch that dial. Patrick will be right back. Hey guys, pardon the quick interruption. I'll get back to the show in just a minute. But I want to give you the opportunity to get a free copy of my book, Retirement Planning 101, a simple guide to navigating retirement. It's eight chapters packed with tips and strategies on how to prepare for an awesome retirement. I go through investments, estate planning, social security, and more. Simply visit patrickmcnally.com and request a copy. That website again is patrickmcnally.com. Throughout the book, I'm going to explain the importance of planning ahead and focusing on income strategies that are going to set you up for success and lead you to a retirement lifestyle of abundance. I'll also be teaching you about the Retirement Lifestyles Income Plan, my custom financial planning process and investment strategy with the objective of providing inflation-adjusted income for life. This book is packed with all kinds of strategies, and you can get your free copy right now at patrickmcnally.com. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Okay, guys, Patrick McNally here. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. We're going to launch into the show today, and today we're talking about the mind. We're talking about thoughts on money and thoughts on the meaning of money. What does money actually mean to you? You know, is it just paying the bills? Is it just buying groceries? Um, does money mean freedom? Is it? Does it kind of trigger fear when you think about money? You know, so these are some of the thoughts we want to walk through. You know, are you afraid to make money? Does it? Uh, does more money just seem to basically mean more taxes to you? So I want to walk through this, and, and there's this thing going around called a, a money mindset that I want to get into a little bit. And I guess the first thing to do would really be to define what is a money mindset. And your money mindset defines how you think about money. Because the way that you think about money ultimately influences the way that you save, the way that you spend the way that you manage your money, the way that you manage your debt, it becomes your core belief um, about money and your, your attitude towards it. It really starts to include things like what you think you can and can't do with money, um, how much money you think you deserve, 
how you believe that you should manage your money, how you believe you should manage your debts, your ability to grow your wealth. And really, at the end of the day, it just kind of gives you a sense of overall financial confidence. And <clears throat> excuse me, in doing this for a long, long time, being in financial services now, I've come across this a lot, and, and we talk about it with our clients who often sometimes have a hard time, you know, when it comes to retirement planning for sure, a lot of times we see people having a hard time spending money, which when you think about it, seems actually kind of makes a whole lot of sense. Because when you're working, you know, you're saving money, you're putting money into the 401k or the, you know, whatever, the 403b, the retirement plan at work. You're earning a paycheck that you're obviously using to pay your bills, do your life, do all those things, and you're saving, sacrificing money that you're putting into your retirement accounts. Once you get to retirement and you, quote unquote, no longer have a job, well, guess what? You are no longer getting a paycheck. You got to create your own paycheck. And that's going to come from your savings in a large part. So it can oftentimes be fearful and, you know, there's anxiety about spending that money that took you so long to accumulate. So naturally, the number one fear that, that most people have in retirement is the fear of running out of money. So this whole idea about having getting your mind right and this money mindset, I think at the end of the day is a really, really good exercise, um, not only for you know, younger people when they're first starting out, their ideas about money. But once you get into retirement, it's going to help you actually strategically spend the savings that you put aside for exactly this purpose, to be retired. And I want to start off by doing something. I'm going to do like a little, I'm going to do a little quiz on you guys, if you're able to, to kind of answer these and, and keep track. It's a true or false quiz. And it's my money mindset quiz, and it's going to help you determine whether or not um, you've got a positive or a negative money mindset currently. And so, just kind of answer your—you know—if you're in a position to where you can you can actually write the answers down, that would be great. But a lot of times you're in the car, especially if you're listening to the live radio show, you might be in your car. So, so just kind of try to keep track as best you can. But true or false? Number one, I am fearful of my finances, and I feel anxious just thinking about it. Do you feel anxious? Do you, do you feel that fear when the topic of money comes up? True or false? Number two, I don't feel in control of my money. Number three, I feel pessimistic about my financial future. And number four, I feel intimidated by my money and how others handle theirs. True or false? Number five, I fear I'll never understand my finances or learn to manage it. Number six, I tend to procrastinate with financial decisions or actions. Number seven, I don't know how to grow my wealth and don't think I ever will. Number eight, I only deserve what I currently have and nothing more. Number nine, I will never reach my financial goals or get out of debt. And then finally, number 10, money will never be my friend. So those are true or false questions, kind of give you a sense of where you stand. If you answered mostly false to all 10 of those questions, well, congratulations, pat yourself on the back. You've got a pretty good general positive money mindset. Now, however, if you answered most of those true, 
well then you can obviously see that there's probably some work that needs to be done. And so what I wanna walk through to help with that is to talk about the differences between a scarcity mindset versus an abundance type of a mindset. Another way to think of negative and positive money mindsets is to relate them to that, to scarcity and abundance. Those are negatives and positives. Um, signs of a scarcity mindset, which I will, I would say this, I'd go, go out, I, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I would say most people have a scarcity mindset when it comes to, to finances, to money. And here's a few signs of a scarcity mindset. When you live paycheck to paycheck, if you're feeling overwhelmed by money or depressed by it, you know, it depresses you to even think about your finances. If you feel guilty about past financial mistakes that you've made, feeling jealous about how other people handle their own money or how, you know, quote unquote wealthy they seem. How about feeling upset with your current financial situation? You ever feel that way? Or believing that there isn't enough to go around, you know, opportunities, money, jobs, or living in short-term just living in the, the, the short term, the now, because you can't see the long-term option for you. If any of those types of things resonate with you, it might be time to, to shift your scarcity mindset to one of abundance. And let me tell you what, it is possible. You just have to master your money mindset. And I know what you can you can easily go online and you know find ways to do this. There's plenty of books out there. In fact, um, a really good book was actually put out by um, Dave Ramsey's daughter. Now most of you have heard of Dave Ramsey, but but a lot of people aren't even actually aware that his daughter, Rachel, um, has actually books of her own. And, and she does a lot on this concept of, of money mindsets, and she has written a number of books. Um, one in particular, let me find it right here. One in particular is, uh, is called Love Your Life, Not Theirs, and it's by Rachel Cruz is, is her name, uh, C-R-U-Z, if you want to check that book out. But she actually lists out um, about five different ways to change your money mindset. And first and foremost, number one was reading books that will influence, you know, your mind to put it into a to a positive direction. If you want to give your brain a chance to grow and change, um, books are obviously, in my mind as well, also the best way to do it. And she enlisted some of her favorites. Um, I mentioned hers there, I Love Your Life, Not Theirs. Um, obviously her dad, Dave Ramsey, um, he's got the Total Money Makeover book. There's one by Caroline Leaf called Switch on Your Brain. Um, the Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. And then one of my personal favorites, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. has been around for years by Stephen Covey. Um, so that was number one. Read books that are going to help influence and change your mind in a positive direction. Number two is to think about your life um, up until now and ask yourself questions like, what did I hear and see about money growing up? Because that's a big one too, is reflecting on your, you know, your financial perspectives. Before you can change anything in your life, including your finances, you got to take a minute to reflect on your past so that you can see how it's, it's been influencing your present. 
So you think about those experiences, and I'm going to relate this obviously to money. So you think about experiences with money up until this point, and you ask questions like, how were you raised? You know, how did your parents manage money? What type of a uh, what type of example was set in your household when it when it came to money? How did the adults in your life, not only your parents, but all the different adults in your life when you're growing up, subtly teach you about money? I'll tell you I'll tell you right now that that in our education system as it sits in our school system, um, it is pathetic the lack of financial education that exists in our in our school system. And I I I I don't want to venture too far down a, a rabbit hole, but I think it's actually done on purpose. I think that unfortunately um, our education system is set up in such a way to benefit others that honestly they really don't want us to learn about money. That's why it's not taught in schools. Um, I didn't take an economics class until I was a senior in high school. Um, we did back then have have classes like um, it was called homeroom back when I was in middle school, and they taught you some things a little bit here and there about like, well, this is a checkbook, this is how you write a check, but they never taught taught us about budgeting, they never taught us about credit, uh, they never taught us any of those things. Now, luckily, I learned those things in my household because my dad was in financial services, and you know. We were a very open family at the dinner table. We talked about finances. So that was a pretty big uh, eye-opening experience for my wife when she came to our family. And it was just kind of all out in the open. We talked about money at the dinner table and and business. And she came from a family that did not do that. And so the different dynamics when you see how people are raised, it just shapes the future of how you're going to manage your money. You know, if your parents were, you know, really, really tight with money, um, saved every nickel, saved every dime, cut coupons on everything, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, when it, when when most of the the answers in the household are no, we can't afford that, um, that shapes a different kind of a mindset. You know, did your parents or people that you grew up with did they struggle with money? You know, or or maybe it came easy to them. You know, you could have that opposite mindset where you saw a situation or grew up in a situation where money was prevalent, that you there wasn't a worry in the household. Um, so that shapes mindset. So it basically comes back to what was this, what was your relationship with money and how did it affect you? And that kind of leads to step number two is adopting a positive money mindset. And so there's some things that you can be doing, you know, when you when you look back on your life up, up until now and ask yourself those questions, you know, starting to have that shift, shifting your perspective on finances to adopt a positive money mindset. You can do this through things like financial affirmations. If you listened to my show last week, I was talking about setting goals and and doing things like that. And, and part of the show, I talked about how I how I you know, I read my goals out loud. Um, I try to do it daily. Sometimes I, I don't, but I try to the best I can. I want to read my goals out loud. I want to at least see my goals every single day. My goals change. I got personal goals, business goals, family goals, um, fitness goals. I have all kinds of different goals. And and I try to, to, to really hit my main ones. 
But I think that that affirming them out loud and voicing them, I don't know. I just think there's something about that. You know, I'm not going to say it like puts it out to the universe and, you know, sets it in motion. I don't know if that stuff, I, you know, but but there is something about saying it out loud that just kind of re-centers your focus, I guess. And the way that you t- kind of talk to yourself really plays a big role in how you not only address your finances, but you know, I've taught my kids this about even when they're playing sports. You know, you talk to yourself positively and and you know, get yourself in the right mindset to do stuff. But it so it goes with finances as well. And paying attention to what you say, um, like for example, if you when you come into money or you get paid like a paycheck, you know, what do you say to yourself when you get a paycheck? Like, ugh. I'm going to barely make it this month or, you know, so it's things like that. When you say that out loud, I don't know. It just kind of sets up that negative for negative things to maybe happen. I I don't know. You know, what happens like maybe when, but what, I guess the opposite would happen. Like, what if you got a bonus? All of a sudden you got some money that fell into your lap and you, you weren't expecting it. You know, you wouldn't say like, ugh, man, where'd this come from? I don't need, no, no. You'd be like, sweet. You know, your total, your, your mindset would completely change. An unexpected windfall, maybe, or like even something as little as like maybe, you know, you buy a lottery ticket for fun and, you know, you, you win 25 bucks. It's like, all right, you know, you get that positive jolt of energy. You know, what do you, what do you say to yourself when, you know, you have to direct money towards, you know, your, your bills or your expenses, food, healthcare, you know? Gas at the gas pump. I mean, we've all complained about paying too much at the gas pump. I know I have, you know. But, you know, paying attention to words. You know, words have power. And I think that, you know, if we can if we can adopt more of a positive money mindset, and I'm not just saying this to you. I'm saying it to me, too. You know, if, if we can use positive words and, you know, affirm, you know, better ways to say things, I think it, I think it's going to, I think it definitely is going to help. Um, and even when we talk about money to other people, you know, you get in those situations and, and it's just talking about bills and family and life and whatever, you know, the stock market, you know, I, I think that if we can figure out more ways to, to have a positive money mantra, I guess, um, I, I think there could be something there. Step number three is to shift your mindset to saving money and getting yourself into, to how values and goals really play play a part into this, determining what those goals are. Um, I went into a big part of that last week. If you missed that show, um, you can go to the website, go to patrickmcnally.com. Um, up in the right-hand corner, you can, you can visit the podcast. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, Amazon, all the big ones. You can find um, all the shows there. But but really help guiding you know, your money and shifting your thoughts into a saving mindset. Um, I'm not saying I get to the point where you just can't spend money because that has negative effects too. I mentioned that before. If you grew up in a household where it was like, nope, nope, we can't, uh, we can't do that. We're not going to be able to buy that hamburger because we're saving for retirement 30 years from now. You know, there's a balance there. I just, I feel like I needed to say that. Um, but asking yourself, you know, what's important to you and where you want to see yourself in one, one year, five years, 10, 20 you know, and, and for the for my retirees out there or soon to be retirees, where you know, what do you really see yourself doing in retirement? If you're retiring in two years, what does that look like? 
um, you write these values and goals down as a reminder for those days when money feels hard. It gives you something to focus on. It gives you positive things to focus on on those days, and we all have them, when it feels like money is just in a hard position. Number four, monitor your spending. You know, the best way to learn about, you know, more about your money and how to adjust your mindset is to monitor your your habits. And, you know, I call that a budget. That's the B word. I don't like that, so I want to call it a spending plan because we all like to spend money. So have a plan to spend it, you know? You got to have a plan anyway, so why not have a plan to spend it? And if you want that budget sheet, you can go to patrickmenally.com. You'll find one or just send me an email, and I'd be happy to send you one as well. Um, because really monitoring your spending habits is the best way to do that. It's, 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 it's you getting in control of your money and your money not controlling you. And then step number five is to commit to changing your money habits. And so now that you are ready, you're ready to change that mindset. I hit this one down pretty hard. It's time to do some work and commit to changing those habits. And this is where your chance is to learn more about managing your money. I want you to get inspired by others. Read some of those books I I read off. You can easily find other books on money success and mindsets and how they overcame struggles. Um, you know, getting out of debt, committing to to learning. Like I said, through books or podcasts or blogs, things like that. You know, this is the time to really change um, a lot of those those money mindsets. And, you know, there were, there were a couple of other areas that Rachel Cruz, I'll go back to, to uh, Dave Ramsey's daughter, you know, she had a couple of good tips. And one of them was giving some money away. Giving is the most fun that you can have with money. It's a proven way to change your mindset in a positive way. It just kind of moves you from that, you know, I hate to say that, selfish selfish you to the selfless you, I guess is the best way to put it. And it might you might feel a little weird at first or apprehensive, but I'm telling you, just do it. Um, and number four is to continually dream. You know, dream about what the things that you want to do. Um, if you're if you're not quite retired yet, dreaming what retirement looks like. If you're 27 years old, dream about what retirement looks like. It's always fun to do that stuff. Or dream about that next trip. Keep that positive mindset and and positive focus. You know, picture your life down the road and and not just picture it in black and white. Picture it like in high definition, you know, 5K ultra. And, you know, let that be your motivation as you plan not only to retirement someday, but, you know, just to go on the trip next year. What is that going to look like and how's that going to feel? I think it'd be a great way to do it. Guys, I'm going to take another break. When I come back, I'm going to be heading into my mailbag segment in IRA FAQ. So don't be going anywhere. This is Retirement Lifestyles. I'll be back in two minutes. You're listening to Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally. You've heard me say it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedoms you need to live your dream retirement. When it comes to the health side, I want to tell you about my family's personal chiropractor, Dr. Todd Royce, owner of Chiropractic First. Not only does he adjust us and get us back to our active lives, he teaches us about ongoing nutrition and living healthier. If you have any pain or stiffness in your back or neck, I want you to call Chiropractic First today at 243-0889. Mention Patrick for a free consultation. You don't need to live with pain or discomfort anymore. Call Dr. Todd at 243-0889 or visit online at chirofirst.net. 
Did you know that when I'm not here doing the show, I run Retirement Lifestyles Advisors, an independent registered investment advisory firm specializing in retirement income planning and managing investments for people who are currently retired or are getting close. I've been in financial services for over 22 years now and hosted this show for over 10. With a little bit of good planning, you can have peace of mind and a great retirement, and I'd love to help. If you would like to get more information or to learn about how you can work with us, visit patrickmcnally.com. That's patrickmcnally.com. Are you worried about the current U.S. economy, inflation, the pandemic? Then it's time to schedule a free retirement checkup call with Patrick. The world is changing every day, and your life savings is too important to be at risk. If you want to feel confident and secure in retirement, then simply visit TalkToPatrick.com and reserve a free checkup call on his calendar. Remember the website, TalkToPatrick.com. Don't wait. This is too important. TalkToPatrick.com. The number one cause of bankruptcy in retirement is healthcare-related costs. So fitness needs to be a part of your financial planning. Check out my gym, Strong City Strength and Conditioning, right down on Victor Avenue. They have a new group class called Longevity on Tuesdays and Thursdays designed for people age 55 and better. If you want to have fun and get fit, then visit StrongCitySTRENGTHANDCONDITIONING.COM. That's StrongCitySTRENGTHANDCONDITIONING.COM. Mention the show and get your first week for free. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for listening. If you were just tuning in to the live show here, this is Retirement Lifestyles. I'm your host, Patrick McNally. If you're listening to us on podcast, I want to say thank you very much. And um, if you didn't know we were on podcast, check us out. Follow us. Um, you can find me on iTunes, on uh, Google, Amazon, Pandora, Spotify. Just look up Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally. And you'll find the show, and you can follow us and, and catch up. I think I got like 110 or 112 shows on there now. And, um, and that actually doesn't sound like too many. I've been doing this show live now for over 12 years. So, But anyway, hey, we're heading into the mailbag segment in our IRA FAQs. And again, always one of my favorite segments when I get to take questions. Either I get emailed questions or even phone call questions, texted questions, Facebook questions posts and all kinds of stuff, and I've got another Facebook post I'm going to walk through today, and it's talking about uh, selling a house and how we're emotionally tied to that, and so I want to go ahead and get into this. I'm going to read this and then make a few comments, but always want to also tell you that if you're on Facebook, encourage you to check out some of these groups. This one comes from Retired or Thinking Retirement. They have over 27,000 members on this group. And it's just a lot of fun. I've been on there for probably about three or four years now. And just great conversations that you can get into. Not only financial, um, which is my cup of tea, but all kinds of other stuff like this one. And this post says, how do you feel about saying goodbye to a long-term home? Wow, that's a big one. Um, I'm going to read this whole thing, but I've just, you know, I've never had to do this yet because obviously I'm not retired yet. But I'm going through this right now with my dad. And so that's why I picked this one is because it does kind of hit home from that regard. All right. How do you feel about saying goodbye to a long-term home? Emotional as if you are losing a family member. Indifferent as long as the buyer coughs up a lot of money. 
Today I walked through each of the rooms and remembered my favorite times. I am leaving my old home with love and my personal stamp of a very thoughtful remodel. There will always be a piece of me remaining in this home. My old home finally goes on the market this week after renovations and delays. I'm not worried about it selling. Housing inventory is limited in this area and the remodel looks beautiful. But this is a home I've lived in for over 20 years. I took care of a sick parent here in her final six years. I lost beloved animals and best friends while living here. Soon, my name will no longer be on the deed, and I will not be able to turn the key into the door and walk in whenever I want. It will no longer be my home. But I'm ecstatic with the new home that I bought. It's more age-appropriate and feels like a fresh new chapter in my life. One day I will part with this home too. In the meantime, I am creating happy new memories that will follow me for the remainder of my life. May whoever buys my old home find as much joy in it as I did. Wow, that is a powerful, powerful post. You take a little time and you read through this, and so many people are feeling the same way. And I mentioned just briefly that my dad is actually going through this right now. And I say he's going through it right now. My dad's been talking about selling his house for like 10 years, but more so recently. So my dad turned 80 years old this year. And um, a lot of you have heard me talk about um, my mother, who passed away six years ago now. And uh, with Mother's Day tomorrow, um, you know, all of this stuff's kind of actually hitting home here. And I promise no tears over the air. So I'm not going to do that. But I just, you know, you start to get the feels when it comes to kind of this stuff. And when you look at it from the outside, you're like, well, it's just a house. You know, no, it's not a house, it's a home. It is a place where we raise our families. Um, you know, I've got two teenagers. I've got a, a, a senior and a sophomore. We've got all kinds of memories in our house. You know, memories, you know, with the pool and memories, you know, in the backyard and memories. We've all got memories. Friends and family coming over and parties we've thrown and and all this stuff. And the next thing you wake up and and it's like, yeah, this has been my house for 25 years or 35 years or you know, however many years you make those memories, it can be hard to say goodbye. And a lot of times in retirement, we have to say goodbye. And you kind of hear that old mantra, well, I'm going to downsize, you know, that kind of a thing. And that's fine that, that, you know, a lot of people, this, this needs to happen, or maybe you need to move closer to, to family in case you need help doing something. But it's never easy, right? It's never easy to, to sell your house with so many memories in it. And, um, you know, I'm going to read a couple of comments, you know, from, from this Facebook group and some, you know, one of these people says it was difficult. And then another, I had to say goodbye for 20 years because of a house fire. There is a grieving process for sure. Wow. Yeah, definitely up here in Northern California, we went through all of that with house fires and stuff like that, but there's a grieving process either way, you know, a house fire you can't help that. That's an accident. There's nothing you could have done. But in this case, it's like you, you're you kind of juggling back and forth. Like, should I do it? Should I not do it? You know? And that's a real internal struggle. And if you make that decision to sell the house, yeah, absolutely. There's going to be a grieving process for sure. Um, let's see another one. I was just ready to move on. It really helped once we painted everything 
uh, neutral colors for the resale. It didn't feel like home anymore. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so, so that's a completely different post. The original post itself, they talk about the fact that they did a remodel. They did a whole bunch of stuff, and it looks beautiful. That actually, for me, that would almost make it harder because it might be like, man, I've been... I should have done that remodel 10 years ago. This looks awesome. Why didn't I spend the money? You know, in my own mind, I'm going, I don't know if it'd be easier once you put a fresh coat of paint on it. You know, is that easier or harder? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but for this person, it, it, it I guess it helped. It helped just kind of paint everything neutral, which is probably, I'm, you know, what realtors will tell you to do, make it neutral for anybody when they come in and they're going to change it anyway. But okay, that's one way to do it. Um, let's see here. Let's, let's find another one here. I sold my home of 15 years last year, and while I miss it a bit, I have so much to do in such a wonderful life in my new place that I don't look back very often. Okay, there you go. So maybe there's some things there to look forward to. Um, you know, it's a new chapter. I think the author of this post said, um, I don't want to quote him here. Um, it's a new chapter. It's more age-appropriate. It feels like a fresh new chapter in my life. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you can focus on that, that would definitely help get through that grieving process. Um, if you're moving to a place, you know, if you're moving somewhere like out of your city, maybe to a different state, yeah, absolutely. That's a big new chapter in your life. There's going to be all kinds of new journeys to go on. And, and so from that standpoint, it can be really exciting, right? You've got a new place you're going to, new streets to learn, new restaurants to try, uh, figuring out where things are. Um, you know, there might be all kinds of activities nearby. Maybe you're moving to like a 55 plus adult only active lifestyle community. Those are super cool. Um, we don't actually have those in my, I live in a small town up in Northern California. Um, we really don't have any of those type of 55 plus active lifestyle things like they do maybe in Florida or other areas um, that, you know, basically there's golf courses and pickleball courts and all kinds of cool stuff that you can be doing. So depending on where you go, yeah, absolutely. This could be a really exciting uh, next chapter in your life. Um, let's see what somebody says here. I love your outlook. Mine is much different, but I have no say in the selling since I am a second wife and have and have two grown stepchildren who are expecting to benefit. I will certainly be fine, but it's really sad to think I won't ever get to see this place become what I have envisioned for it over the last 16 years. Good luck to you. Interesting. Um, let's see what else here. This person says, I always feel like home is where my family is at. I have no real attachment to buildings, but that may be because I never owned a house until we bought it where we live now 10 years ago. I think that's a good point. I think that's probably exactly what it is. A lot of times, um, I have nothing against renting. Uh, I like renting from a, from a number of perspectives. But yeah, I remember when we rented before we bought our house that you kinda, it doesn't completely feel like your place even though you still make memories there. You still do all of that. Um, so maybe, yeah, it's a whole lot easier when you rent to just leave because, yeah, there is, no, there is no real attachment. So that's a good point. Um, all good stuff, you guys. So, I, I mean, I'm not going to really, I, there's no real, like, you know, advice or something to give here. But I do like um, how some of them are focusing on the new, the next chapter, you know. And you're going to always be able to carry those memories with you 
from your old house. And so I think that's just a great, great, uh, great place to be. Like for my own life, you know, helping my dad, it's going to be super hard because that's the house that he shared with my mother who passed away six years ago. And it's actually the house I, I didn't gr- totally grow up in that house. Um, we moved there when I was a senior in high school a long time ago, but I still have all kinds of memories. My kids have memories there, you know, the grandkids, um, that kind of thing. So we've all got those memories. And so, yeah, it is a tough spot, but I'm always looking forward and focusing on, you know, what new memories you can create as well. So good post. I want to say thank you to the author. Um, I don't mention names on here, but um, if you are listening, thank you for writing that and allowing me to bring it onto the show. All right, guys, I'm going to transition over into IRA FAQs, frequently asked questions, um, and kind of shift this back over to the investment side of things. Um, if you haven't listened to this show before, um, I'm just going to give a quick plug for myself. Um, I'm an investment advisor. I own a financial planning firm called Retirement Lifestyles Advisors in Northern California. I've been doing this for over 22 years. been on the show for 12. And so most of the show, yeah, it's about personal finance. It's about retirement planning, which is what we specialize in. We specialize in if you are already retired or you're getting close, say maybe five years or less, we help build income plans to create an income stream in retirement that's predictable, consistent, and um, can even increase every year no matter what the market does. So that is our shtick. And so Roth IRAs, I am a huge fan of. So today I'm going to go back into talking about Roth IRA versus Roth 401k. Uh, because a lot of people, you know, I do get a calls from the younger crowd, let's say uh, under the age of 50, um, is what I'm going to say is a younger crowd. And um, basically what I'm coaching a lot of them are, on our, do you have the option of a Roth 401k? The big piece, you know, when 401ks came out was the ability to put money away. You get the tax deduction from that, um, all kinds of stuff like that, and you just pay the taxes later called tax deferral. I'm not a huge fan of tax deferral. And the reason is this is because obviously we don't know what tax brackets are going to be later on in the future when you go to pull the money out. You could be in a higher tax bracket than you were when you were working. In fact, we see that with a lot of people. And it causes taxes on all kinds of things. You know, when you have to pull money out for sure, like required distributions. Now, when you reach the age of 73, oh man, in my brain it flashed 70 and a half. I've been saying that for so long. 73 now, it was 72. And then again, they threw a curveball at us this year uh, with 2.0 and said, now it's going to be 73. Um, anyway, when once you start factoring in required distributions and all of that, you could find yourself in a higher tax bracket. You could find yourself paying taxes on Social Security, which just makes people so angry. Um, and I get it. But there are ways that you can get rid of that, and the Roth is one of those. And not necessarily saying, well, I can't open a Roth because I'm retired now and, and I don't have any earned income. You're right. You can't open and contribute to a Roth, but you could do a Roth conversion. Something to consider. Don't just run out and do it. I'm not a, that's why we have tax people. That's my disclaimer. Use them. Um, but you can do conversions. It doesn't matter if you're retired, it doesn't matter if you earn income. You can convert. There are no income requirements. So before I keep going down, even more of a rabbit trail here. I want to talk about, excuse me, the difference between Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks. And so basically, this is what's so cool is that the Roth 401k is an option these days for most plans. A lot of people don't even know it's an option. 
And I love it when they find out. They're like, hey, I got option. I got the option of a Roth. These accounts have a lot in common. Both offer the ability to make after-tax contributions. That's the whole beauty of a Roth, right? In exchange for tax-free earnings later on down the road, if you follow the rules, obviously. However, there's some pretty important differences between the two, and I want you to understand. And the number one is contribution limits. The major difference is in the amount that you can put into this plan. Your Roth IRA contribution is way limited. And I just think it's so lame. Anyway, I can't go down that road. Your Roth contribution is limited to a max of $6,500, and this is for 2023 if you're under the age of 50. Now, if you're over the age of 50 or, or older, um, you got what's called a catch-up contribution. So throw on an extra 1000 bucks. You got $7,500 per year you can put into a Roth IRA. Okay, the Roth 401k offered through a company plan offers much higher limits. You can actually defer $22,500 for 2023 or $30,000 if you're over the age of 50. So you can max that thing out at your employer and one of these days you go start pulling money out, it's gonna be tax free. I like that option a whole lot better, especially now you guys with the much higher um, uh, tax write-offs that we have, you know, thanks to the Trump years, we can go back and look at, you know, you have over $28,000 of standard deduction that we can use. So you may not, you probably more than likely don't need a tax deduction. So if you don't need the tax deduction, talk to your tax person. If you don't necessarily need that, put it in a Roth. Also, income limits. Roth 401ks do not have any income limits on contributions. So if you're a high earner, you are still able to make contributions to a Roth 401k. It's not the case for IRAs, for Roth IRAs. Remember, this is the difference between Roth IRAs and 401ks. In 2023, your ability to contribute to a Roth IRA phases out when your income starts to hit $138,000, 218 if you're married. So if your income's too high and you want to fund a Roth, you want to explore um, other what we call backdoor options, strategies around those limits. We can talk to you about that if you got questions. Required distributions. Roth IRAs have always offered the advantage of no RMDs. During your lifetime, you have no required distributions. So check this out. This is not have this has not been the case for 401ks. However, Secure 2.0, the new law passed last year, is going to change that starting in 2024. I'm happy about this change. It was so lame that when you left your money in a Roth 401k, you still had a required distribution. Totally goes against what the Roth is all about. Anyway, beginning next year, you will no longer need to take required distributions from your Roth 401k during your lifetime. At your death, eligible beneficiaries of your Roth IRA or Roth 401k will be subject to RMD requirements. That's for beneficiaries. However, non-spouse beneficiaries of those accounts will be subject to a 10-year payout under the SECURE Act. All right, rollovers. Let's talk rollovers differences here. Roth 401k funds can be rolled over to a Roth IRA. However, the opposite is not true. You may not roll over Roth IRA money to your company Roth 401k plan. Okay? Don't ask me why. Whatever. Government rule. Lame. Probably. 
It's just, I don't know, it's a control thing. Okay, qualified distributions. When it comes to funding either the Roth 401k or the Roth IRA, the goal is to take tax-free distributions someday. That's the goal. For that to happen, you must have what's called a qualified distribution. The rules for qualified distributions from Roth IRAs are more favorable than those for Roth 401ks. You can take a qualified distribution for a first-time home purchase. That's not allowed with the 401k side. Also, your five-year period starts with your first contribution to any Roth IRA. For Roth 401ks, the five-year period for qualified distributions applies separately to each plan that you have. So you want to pay attention to that. Non-qualified distributions. What if you take a distribution that's not qualified? Well, those rules are also more favorable for the Roth IRA more so than the 401k. With a Roth IRA, the ordering rules say that earnings will leave the Roth IRA last. This means that taxable funds will come out only after all your other Roth IRA funds have been distributed. With a Roth 401k, you're not so lucky. A distribution that is not qualified is subject to what's called the pro rata rule. I'm going to nerd out a little bit, where a portion of each distribution will be taxed. So the magic question is, which is best for you? Well, understanding now that you understand some of the advantages to the Roth, especially when it comes to contributions, that's a big one. However, the Roth IRA may be preferable when it comes to taking distributions. So you got to figure out where you're at on the spectrum and see which one's going to be best for you. There's not one answer that's right for everybody. It's not all or nothing. So if you have questions, I want you to reach out to me. That's why I'm here. Go to patrickmcnally.com. Click on the little button down in the right-hand corner. Schedule a 30-minute phone call with me. And we can chat about what you're doing and answer any questions that you have. When I come back, I'm going to be heading into my wrap-up segment. I'm going to give you some action items that you can implement right away. So don't go don't anywhere. Don't touch that I'm dial. Back in two minutes. Patrick will be right back. Hey guys, Dr. Todd Royce from Chiropractic First in downtown Reading. It blows my mind how many people live in pain, but they don't have to. How many people put up with headaches and back pain and can't play golf or pick up their kids or grandkids? We often have permanent solutions to pain where people didn't think it was even possible. Come check us out at our downtown Reading office or call our office at 243-0889 or visit us on the web at chirofirstreading.com. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. All right, you guys, we made it to the end of the show. This is our action items and our wrap-up segment. If you are just joining us and you listen to the live radio here, um, you can catch the first part of the show. You visit patrickmcnally.com. That is patrickmcnally.com, and up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button that says Podcast, and click on that. It'll bring you to a page. You can get our last hundred and something shows that way as well, but this one will be up and available here in the next 30 minutes or so, but you can also subscribe to um, the podcast, and if you listen to that um, on iTunes or Pandora, Spotify, wherever that you listen to podcasts, you'll find us there. Just find Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally. And so just a couple things before I, I give you some action items here. If you wanted to schedule a phone call with me, if that sounds interesting to you to talk about uh, your situation or if you got questions about something I said during the show, want a little bit of clarification, on the website as well, you can book a phone call with me. I encourage you to do that. It's free. 
and um, no pressure, no obligation, stuff like that. Guys, I just want to help and answer your questions. And when you click that button, you'll find my calendar. Just find a day and a time that works for you and reserve it. And I can't wait to uh, to chat with you. Also on that page, if you've got questions and you think would help other people and you want me to read it on the show, uh, leave me some questions there, leave some information, and I will read that during my mailbag segment. Would love to hear from you. Let's wrap this thing up. Number one, uh, in the first part of the show, talked about, obviously the title of the day was Thoughts on the Meaning of Money. You know, what does money mean to you? You know, is it just paying bills, grocery? Uh, you know, is it just kind of a tool? You know, uh, is, are there freedoms involved with that? Do you, is there fear around money? You know, a lot of people, especially when they get to retirement, they're actually afraid to spend money in retirement. And that is totally normal. Totally normal. So what I want you to do is spend some time in self-reflection about your feelings about money. And then I want you to I want you to view money really as just a tool that you control. A lot of times money can control us, guys. Real easy to let that happen. Trust me. I've been doing this for a long, long time, talking to people, and even in my own life, I'm I'm human too. Money can get control of you, and it doesn't need to be that way. I want you to just reflect on how you feel about money. You could have some negative thoughts that affect the way that you spend, so there's ways that we can help with that uh, through planning. But again, money is a tool that should be about giving you the freedom to do the things that you want, especially in retirement. You control it. Number two. It is okay to be emotional about things that happen in retirement. And today on the show in the mailbag, we talked about um, letting go of your home. You know, if you have to downsize or you got to move away or whatever that looks like. You know, if you've been in your home for 20, 30, 40 years, it can be hard to let go the memories, the kids growing up there, all of that stuff. It is totally normal to feel that way. And one of the best things that you can be doing is talk to somebody about that. Talk about how you're feeling. Don't hold that stuff in, but also know that it's normal to feel that way, you guys. Um, I Again, I talk about this with current clients. I'm actually going through this with my own father right now about uh, selling the house. So uh, trust me, I know how you're feeling, and there's ways that you can help uh, can help deal with that. Number three. If you are interested in Roth planning, um, in that segment I also did Roth IRAs versus Roth 401ks. I'm going to highly recommend you get a second opinion on how you're investing in your work plan now. Do you have the option of a Roth 401k? You want to understand the ins and outs. So if you're a big Roth fan and you just found out that you've got the option of uh, investing in your work plan in their Roth Roth 401k, you want to know some of the nuances, okay? So there's some pretty big differences there, but there's also some pretty big bonuses about, you know, investing in the 401k versus the Roth. Namely, you can put a whole lot more money in it. So it could be a cool thing for you, but definitely talk to your advisor and, um, and they can get you the help you need. But if you got questions, guys, schedule that phone call with me. Would love to hear from you. Next week, definitely listen to the show. I'll be talking about beliefs that we have around financial planning, beliefs that could be limiting you about your planning. With that, I want you to enjoy the rest of the day, and I wish you the best in retirement. Have you seen her? So-